the swear replacement for this episode will be classic rock bands, because I like to pick my aesthetic and stick to them forever. Welcome to Reader's Guide to the Galaxy, featuring Bus, Paws, Juice Lover, Lavender, Garfield, that's me, and whoever else decided to show up today. Hello, that is me. I showed up. That'd be Zelda. Today we'll be doing the part two of our Simon Snowbook series review with the road trippy magical adventure straight out of a supernatural fanfic on this, our octanary <laughs> episode, and this time not recorded in a hallway. Hello readers, and welcome to the podcast. So kicking off with a brief summary of the dreary fanfic of Carry On, the first book in this series. Because last time you tried to do it, you guys did not stick to the script, which is why we did not release that episode. Right, we did, and it was bad. Def- it was bad. We recorded it in a hallway. We had minor strangulation. We had a couple. We always have those. Scruffles. We got, um. It was a time. Anyway, the basic idea is that these teenagers have been fighting a war since they were, like, 11, I think. Ah, uh, yes. Child soldiers. Who doesn't love child soldiers? And they win, but the main character, Simon Snow Potter, loses his magic in the process. He gets cool dragon wings and a devil, <laughs> devil tail as a trade, though. So in the, in Paz's script, she told me to make a furry joke, but that would make him a scaly. Get the <laughs> nomenclature right. <laughs> well then. Anyway, Simon Snow Potter is now dealing with the fallout of the whole, you know, shebang. According to the book, he gets worse and worse as time goes on until all he wants to do is lie on the couch and just waste away. Ah, like my summer. Oh, not to mention, he has no idea how to get rid of his wings and tail, and he does not want to. That's cool. Who doesn't want to have wings and a tail? That's relatable. Yeah, but he doesn't want them. Yeah, but why wouldn't... That makes him lame. He is lame. Yeah. His boyfriend Baz the Vampire Malfoy is sad that his boyfriend is sad, and Penelope the Hermione Granger decided a road trip through America is the way to go, because Agatha, the former girlfriend, is in trouble with this group called the Now Next. Hmm, sounds like a cult. Uh, they're actually <laughs> vegan vampires, get it right. Cult. But it is a cult. A cult of be- vegan vampires. Cult, 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 Bunicula. cult, cult, cult. Anyway, she ran away to California because England and war is, you know, bad. Um, And that's why she's over there. They go to visit Penelope's boyfriend in Chicago, who breaks up with her because she kind of checked him off her to-do list and then forgot about him while saving the world or something. Oh, is that me? Sorry, I was pulling up AO3 because I felt like that was also a good resource to have for this. Hey, Chicago! Who doesn't love Chicago with its extremely high crime rate? taxes uh what else is good about chicago oh wait not so we live in chicago the weather in chicago oh yeah we love either freezing or boiling to death it's great i love i love me some lake effect snow oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) also since simon and baz are insecure about their relationship and simon wants to break up with baz because he thinks baz is too good for him so you know good vibes all around here what insecurity complex much yeah. yeah, anyway, these heartbroken idiots start their way across America with no brain cells, no emotional stability, and no savings because magic totally won't mess up the economy if they keep using it to basically print money. Counterfeit, I mean... but make it fancy. Yes. <laughs> anyway, that's about it for the basic premise of the book, so we're gonna go for the spoiler section now. Uh, Garfield, would you mind? Welcome to the spoiler section. Be warned, spoilers are coming. 
sure the former part had spoilers for the last book, but we also just did an episode on that. So I mean, if you didn't listen to that, the titles spell out the <laughs> spell out the title of the song. Carry on the way we're Stop so singing. We'll get copywritten. Stop singing. We'll get copywritten. You are Carry on my way Don't you cry. Don't you cry. No more. Stop singing. We'll get copywritten. <laughs> People listening can tell. Yeah, but it's not like anyone's listening to this podcast. So now we're gonna do an actual discussion. What did we? What we liked about this book? Yes. Is everyone looking at the script? That would require me to have read the book. I'll be entirely honest. In this book, I liked Simon and Agatha more. Like we got more of Agatha's perspective, and I started feeling sorry for her. And Simon, I just projected very heavily onto because he I, he was. I felt. I, I felt for him in this book way more than I did in the other book. So I was like, yeah, I really liked Simon and Agatha in this book. Yes. Yes. Plus also just like, we got more of Agatha than we did even in the first book, which was just yeah. nice. Agatha was just kind of whiny in book yeah. one. Like whiny. she just was there to be whiny and that's she was it, which was Simon's, sad. She was Simon's girlfriend and then ex-girlfriend. It's like that, that was her whole character. Her whole character was being Simon. Yeah, you're right. But then this one, she actually has like her own... Backstory, yeah. and then she actually gets a little role. I mean, she does get kidnapped by vegan now, vampires, it, but like in this <laughs> one, she yes, she yes, gets cult, cult, yes. Girl, imagine falling for a cult, bro. Oh, also, um, in this book, uh, we talk in the last episode about like carry on. We did we talked about the magic system and how like uh, normals in England are speakers in the states and stuff like that, and we learn about dead zones here. Which we, uh, in this book, which we didn't know about really in like the last book. Yeah, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I like world building. The world building in this one was really cool because they're like, okay, America's much bigger than England. So obviously there's going to be places where people don't live because America's a lot of empty space, farm, whatever. And so like there's dead zones that the like magicians never had to deal with in England. Like the phrases were all different. Like there's a bunch of just monsters everywhere it's way better world building than jk rowling could even imagine all right all right so I, listen I, I have to put in I the mean, salt yeah i'll say i did not read this book i have very many bad feelings against jk rowling and the harry potter trilogy uh <laughs> did you just call it a trilogy trilogy uh, this is books. because I only recognize <laughs> I only read the first three books, and those, therefore the those are the only books I recognize as valid. That's not, not the way that works. Yeah, but in Harry Potter, England didn't even work. The only place in 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 Harry Potter that even exists is Hogwarts. Nothing else ever. No, nothing That's happens true. anywhere well, Fantastic else. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them takes place in the states. Yeah, but. Who the f- AC gives it? DC. Annie Hoozles. As we discussed in the last episode um, that we did on Carry On, we talked about the magic system. And so, because the magic system is completely based on language that is used in the area, uh, as Paz was saying before we got on our whole JK Rowling rant, um, the words that work in, in the UK don't Which work. Which is funny in the states there's no oi bro if you want Michigan. you guys don't say fish out of water no was that, that wasn't that like... wasn't no we say fish out of water here that was yeah my, no we do like they're my analogy for them like they're like okay. totally fish out of water 
Of course. Dumbass. Do you guys know what marmalade is? Because Fiona's trying to convince me. We know what marmalade, know what marmalade is. Marmalade is. I think. I feel okay. like I feel like Alfredo just doesn't know. I mean, I always confuse marmalade and Vegemite. Like in my brain, they're the same thing. <laughs> I understand they're not that the they're thing. not. That's but just like, disgusting. <laughs> Ew. They're both kind of an acquired taste. They're Mix both them up weird in a tea party. I dare from you. the British country. Anywho, anywhoozles. Uh, another thing I really liked about this book is okay. So first, I gotta put on my shepherd rant because I really liked Shepherd. He talks his way out of danger. He made himself immune to getting cursed by getting cursed. He, true. He's the definition of task failed successfully. It's true. And, and he's literally the only reason they survived. into joining them on their road trip. He's, yeah. I love him. He's, he's so He's literally the so only much. person who's not a dumbass. It's quality content right there. And also, I really like the road trip aspect because it's I, I mean, I love road trips and like, I thought that the first thing yeah. they did in America was a road trip where they nearly trip, died. Just like, in the UK, <laughs> there's like, monsters bad. Bad, 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 bad. But in the states, they're just like they're just they just exist. They just vibe, and so like seeing like the the opposing like, and um yeah, uh I really like the quote. It takes so much mon so much magic to stay alive in America. That was quality quote. It also takes a lot. It does also take so much money to stay alive in America. It turns out. Capitalism's Kansas. It takes a lot, especially if you're going road trip and you're like staring at the open road for like hours on end. Especially God, since like they're what three white guys, two white guys, and an Indian girl. No, Imagine two white guys a, and, yeah. a, and an Indian. Well, one of the girl. guys has wings, which is just like a fun. Which, well, a fun Simon has wings, which Baz like works to like half dragon. Which Baz and Penny like try to like make invisible. Very very fish out of water story right. right there. Um. Oh, and Baz is a vampire. Let's not forget Baz is a vampire. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of open road with no shade <laughs> if you're like going cross country in America. You had to put so oh, much yeah, sunscreen on. Yeah, he's got his cute little scarf. <laughs> he's really like embodying that middle-aged energy of like giant sun hat lots of sunscreen <laughs> bumpy about rock music vampire okay babushka. boomer yes vampire babushka that, past the vampire babushka <laughs> and that's right, the title for this episode and our way is all grown again anything else we really liked about this book that section where the vampire it's Go one nuts. of the vampires and he gives Baz blood because he thinks Baz looks hungry and then Baz, like, immediately perks up, and he, like, gets some of his color back. And the other vampire's like, this is why you're so pale. You're well nourished. <laughs> Every time I die laughing. Because, like, Baz tries to avoid drinking from people. Yeah. Honestly, Vampire Vegas was literally the funniest thing. Like, I know it's supposed to be this whole, like, whole thing of, like, the rich people and they're sucking the people dry it and it's like, whatever. Vampire Vegas is literally the funniest thing. Oh, to me, yeah. And I don't know why. I just can't stop laughing when I think about Vegas is the home of the vampires and I just start laughing at the bachelorette parties that have to deal with <laughs> vampires. Like, I'm sorry. That's totally where they would live. If you got nice, not seen Winona Earp, the objectively superior yes. supernatural so <laughs> shut up i do not control the hyperfixation zelda just like you don't control your hyperfixation with one wait piece. what was this that you said winona Earp. did you say another show no i said winona Earp, the objectively superior supernatural i've show. gotta agree 
All right. Wait, so, have you seen it? Yeah, Moving I haven't seen the fourth on. season though. No spoilers. We're going to talk about Winona Earp. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, you guys can do this on your own time. That's about it for what we like. I don't know. I think we should sidetrack. No. I'm going to literally rock down the street, run to your house, barge in with my mask on because I'm responsible, and smack you. Winona Earp is on Netflix. Social you guys distancing. should watch it. Highly recommend. I feel like physical contact and social distancing are not the same thing. Like, I'll bring a stick. Oh, yes. I will bring my a plastic glove, uh, fill it with water, what tie it doing? off, put it inside of another glove, attach that glove onto a meter stick, and, it, <laughs> and it's like tape two oh, meter sticks together and just go and slap, slap her with it. Okay. That's actually a good idea. Listen, I want to do that. I we'll love do that, that later. In response Moving to on. chastising Juice Lover for sidetracking, we all start sidetracking even more. Look, this is yeah, that sounds about right. guys. Anyway, so I guess we have to go to what what didn't we like? I'm gonna be honest book? with you. For someone who's like a hardcore Carry On fan for many years, I didn't remember anything about this. Like, I can't understand anything you guys are saying, except I do remember. <laughs> yeah, I had to. Re- oh yeah, I forgot a lot. Times, but that's all I care about. In all sad. honesty, I had to reread it to remember a single plot point, which probably no. isn't a good thing. Um, it's very fanficy in the fact that you can't remember what you read. I think that. Well, I think the thing that a lot of people didn't like was that they were expecting more of the cute, cute fluffy fanfic thing yeah. and this was actually not like that this, was not this, this felt more like a like examination of like what would happen to child soldiers type thing and like it was like a trope a trope yeah. dive yeah well i think in that case like penny then became like a lot less likable because like she actually got more of a character well, she was I don't depressed know. I, I don't i don't like the hermione character being depressed that that's sad I think it was yeah. more like they had. She had to come with the terms of the fact that she kind of made her entire life about Simon and book like up until like her entire school career. It was keep Simon alive, and like once that was over, there had she had nothing to do. She doesn't know. What yeah, to do like with they all had to. Anymore. They all had to find their own new purpose, and you know it's kind of hard when you were told like from like day one you're going to die in a <laughs> war. Like it's kind of like, like you don't bother everything. For a purpose, everything kind of takes a back seat to. Yeah, especially becoming your own person. You you stick together. Kind of reminds me of Katra. Katra was also trained since birth to think that her only responsibility was like like her only worth was um with Adora, and they were also child soldiers. So like, also uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans really good show because it does a very interesting look at the child soldiers. But I'm not going to get into that right now. All right. So I'm, what I'm getting is that this this book wasn't as memorable and it was like a bit, it wasn't what people were expecting when they picked up, you know, the sequel <clears throat> to carry on. Not enough cheekbone. Let <laughs> 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 me tell you. It's a book. I was expecting. Okay, here's my favorite thing. I told Bus, hey, I found a Tumblr hey. blog and it's called Carry On My Wayward Butt because I think like that's a thing, a URL that she would pick. Except for her guess for what her URL, the URL was, was I eat no, no. cheekbones and ass. I don't understand why that was her guess, but it was. Look at and look I at where my priorities are. Ass. My cheekbones and ass. Yeah. Our cheekbones. I'm reading this book called Chosen Ones by Veronica Roth. So I think that's her name, right? Yes, Roth. Yeah, I, always, right. I always mess up her last name. And it like it reminds me of this because it's the idea of like the Chosen Ones after they do their whole like fighting the evil enemy thing have like nothing left with their lives. They don't know what to do with themselves, so 
comparison mm. trope ish thingy. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> no, I think that was the point. Like, Carry On, I think, tried to be like a dissection of the chosen one <coughs> while being a dreary fanfic. And so, of course, it kind of like any kind of dissection was like, no, I want to be here for the ship because <laughs> the ship is cute. And, <laughs> no, I'm with, like, I'm with you for that one. But then when it came time for like the second one where it was an actual dissection and they didn't have the same thing, it's like, well, I signed up for cute fluff. Why are they angsty? Why are they sad? <laughs> should... Also, like, Avatar, I mean, I've been watching Korra recently, but, like, like all the Avatar characters, like, after Avatar, they, they, they kind of went downhill from there, I would say, like. I mean, I think Red had a trope talk where it's like, if you're gonna come up with a sequel for a beloved character, um, you kind of want them to, to be around where you expected them to be. Like, I think for the Star Wars yeah. sequels, this was a big problem where, um, like, Leia got to be the leader of the Resistance again, and that, like, leaves her enough time. It's like, yes, okay, this makes sense for her to have done. But, like, why is Han going back to, to being a smuggler when he had a whole arc about not being a smuggler? Or why is Luke just angsting off in the middle of nowhere? Why is Katara, like, a housewife? It, it It's not what we expect, <laughs> and therefore we're disappointed, but in some cases, yeah. like, it really doesn't make sense for them to be there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what was the point of the last, like, whatever chunk of movie we watched or book we read where it's like we they just ended up nowhere why should we talk about all sequels in this podcast because now i want to talk about frozen 2 okay no you know what you know what yes i actually kind of like frozen 2 frozen 2 was really good and i really like the 80s style ballad. oh well that was that That was was good i was but i had i still had problems with it it was like kind of all. oh yeah it's definitely not a great movie but I like it for reasons that won't be discussed in this podcast. I mean, I, I liked the I liked the movie. It's just that I think the emotional core of the story was Anna. Like, she had a really compelling character arc. But Disney was like, we need to sell money. And Elsa has pretty song and pretty dress and pretty power. So we're going to have to shove her in there at every possible opportunity. Elsa is a lesbian. I feel like Elsa had like very little character development from the Yeah, first oh, yeah. it was really movie, weird. Was... I also didn't like how she was the fifth element and she was a subset of one of the bigger elements. like ice comes from water. How is she the fifth element? How do you guys remember all this? It was so forgettable. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I had I was angry and so I, oh. I, had, I was sitting next to my dad and we were just kind of cringing for the first part and then became the 80s ballad and both of us started cackling like when all else fails the only thing me and my dad will bond over is just like 80s music which yeah but Kristoff's like story like, annoyed like me Phineas too do I like Phineas and Ferb yeah. music because it's like 80s music or do I like 80s music because it's like Phineas and Ferb music oh. that is the question that, that is, the question. is the question that is the question okay so we have our mandatory O ship segment the problem is that we we don't really remember much about the book. So um, obviously Simon and Baz they, over they a year need to ago, get actually. back together and like have a good relationship because they're adorable. I mean yeah. that in a good way. It's just I just like them. I mean they yeah. did sort of set up like Brayden the vegan vampire hitting on Agatha, but nobody wanted it to happen, and neither did Agatha. Um, <laughs> honestly, I just ship everybody so and therapy because they all very much yeah, need yeah. therapy. Yeah, they all need it. They're all. Messed up. Although there was there is one part of the book when I reread it that I really enjoyed and remembered and that I forgot about but really liked. It's that like thanks to Simon's scaly wings and tail, uh, like they run into a dragon in America, like in the Rockies, and the dragon thinks Simon is a baby like dragon and wants oh, to adorable. adopt him. And I Aww. think that's the cutest thing. I wanted more of that. It's that's adorable. Best. That is wholesome right there. 
Oh, yeah. Penny and Shepard, I feel like that was definitely getting set up. Uh, yeah. Like, I feel like they were setting up, like, um, you know, Penny and Shepard for some reason. Although, like, as I reread it, it's just kind of like they were just all, like, constantly annoyed at each other. So I don't really know. <laughs> it was just weird. Yeah. And- I don't like the trope of when authors have, like, an even number of characters and exactly half Pair of them, them are. Off. Yeah. Half of them are, like, paired up with the other one. It's. So. Well, I mean, if you count Agatha, then it's not. She can just be Well, single. Agatha's been with, like, half the main half of the main <laughs> No, like, she was with Simon. That's true. She was lust. She was, like, crushing on Baz. Right. Lusting the only person that's for left- Baz. Baz. <laughs> Shut up. And the only person <laughs> we have left at this point is Penelope, who she tries to avoid at every opportunity. Like, even if either yeah. of them were gay or, like, bi or anything, Agatha tries to avoid Penny at every possible opportunity. So I really don't think that's going to work she out. She does? Any- I thought they were friends at the end, though. They were kind of friends. Like, it was like a, we're getting back onto relationship ground. So I'm, I'm hoping they, they end up okay. Um, Baby in yeah. the, the, the threequel. Yes, the third book called um, Any Way the Wind Ooh, Blows, three- which is a Bohemian Rhapsody reference, babes. I'm so excited. Mainly because I like of Bohemian course. Rhapsody. When does that come out, reason. by the way? We don't. Oh, fair Anyone enough. know? Anyway, I just want to say, every time you guys mention this character, Agatha, I always think of the Pokemon character, Agatha, who is like 80 years old and an old lady and possibly dated <laughs> Professor Oak at one point. And that's all I can imagine if you look her up. Wait, have you guys read School for Good and Evil? No, I've seen it, I, but no. Yeah, uh, well, I don't recommend it, but it does have a main character called Agatha. Moving on to the hot take segment. <laughs> firstly, firstly, Wayward Son is a supernatural fanfic. And let me let me let me present my evidence for this one. Stay one. Um okay, so first we have the two titles spell out Carry On Wayward Son, which is one of the like the unofficial theme song for Supernatural. They played it twice in the finale, also titled Carry On. Um They played it every season finale, too. Yeah, yeah. And then moving on from the tin hat theory part, it's like, you know, it's got the ideal components of trauma, road trip, and the nature of survival and individualism in America. Like, it has this whole thing about how, like, Simon, Baz, and Penny keep trying to, like, come after monsters, whereas they're just trying to live. That's kind of also in Supernatural, and, like, again, a whole part of the melting pot of America. They have this whole interplay with the American dream. There's a lot of things. And I'm not even saying Rainbow Rowell did it on purpose, but the woman is probably on Tumblr, and if you're on Tumblr, you absorb Supernatural. It's the blueprint for better and definitely for worse, but it's got a lot of the components. Ironically, it left people unsatisfied the same way Supernatural did, so, like, I really just, it makes sense, guys. Well, yeah, that checks. Wow, if only we had, like, a ship confirmed in the last chapter and then both characters killed off. No, 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 I'm sorry. Have one character confess their gay love for somebody, instantly die, and get sent to super mega turbo hell. The other character dies two episodes later on a routine, like, mission by a rusty nail. One of the main characters. Who could have easily been saved by medical attention. Thanks, Andrew Dab. Thanks. For Should nothing. Should I be concerned? You... No. No, I just, like, the thing with Supernatural is that it's, it's like, it is America in the sense that, like, the people who get to be the main characters are the white, straight, Christian guys, and That's they get really to, annoying. like, and they get to live their lives and do whatever they want and come across, and they get to decide who lives or dies, and... And also, like, um, the kind of late middle part of the series where it was kind of really good, 
where a lot of people like really liked it because um, there was a different writer and he was introducing more like people of character character person yeah people of color and a gay a lesbian yeah. and like people who weren't just generic people like to die off um people like that and then uh the like original writer came back and killed off everything that this guy yeah, tried like, to build what was read as queer baiting was really just that one guy looking at what the fandom liked and he's like wait i like this let's write it into the story and everybody else going no it's too gay we have to stop it and like it has the same basic plot elements as wayward son and i felt like it it matched. It somehow matched. But does anyone else have any other hot takes they would like to put for that one? Yes, I have one. If you want an actual good uh, supernatural show where people go around and kill, you know, demons and stuff like Supernatural, you should watch Winona Earth. It actually has really good characters and, like, good representation and such. You should watch it. It's really good. Go you watch it. You can't see it now, but Juice Lover is nodding. I am. I'm I'm. It's really good. <laughs> the first three seasons are on Netflix. The first half of the fourth season is premiered. Um, there is going to be more because the lesbians saved it. <laughs> it's basically, it was about to get canceled after the second, I think, second or third season. Uh, and then uh, all the lesbians like went, nope, we like this show. I think someone bought literally an ad in Times Square to try and save it, and they like, they got it's like they got it renewed, and then the writers were like, all right. We'll just make it super gay then to please these people because they're clearly the people that are watching. It works. So the fourth season is Wait, really anyway, gay. Anyway. Anyways. Because so sh Super Who Lock thinking of that and therefore Sherlock and therefore Sherlock Holmes, the uh, show Elementary. One, I love it. Where is it? Two, it like takes place in America. Therefore, um. You know what else takes place in America and also involves like a detective-y dude? Psych. Psych! Psych is just a Sherlock Holmes spoof. Wait, oh my god, how did I never realize this before that like Gus is like Dr. Watson, he, except he's a yeah. pharmacist. Oh wait, you're right. He's like a doctor. Oh my god. Kind of. You see, my oh. two o'clock in the morning realizations are the best oh one. How does the pineapple connect? Blue pineapple car. could be like the hat. Like, the, you know Sherlock Holmes' iconic hat? It does kind of look like a pineapple. Also about Rainbow Route. I think I saw this on Gus's Twitter, where she had like a, she had she was problematic, but I didn't really like get why. Do, do you want Okay, so I'm not Korean, but she, so I can't really speak on this personally, but she um, wrote a book called Eleanor and Park. It was really popular and it's a steaming pile of them. Kansas. And I didn't even know that she was like problematic and she had this book before I read Carry On. So Carry On was like my favorite book for two years. And then I found out about her being a racist piece. Boston. Uh, Carry On isn't even in like my top 10 anymore, but wow. basically. Yeah. Wait, really? This is shocking. Yeah. I should probably lower my rating on Goodreads too. Racism trumps cheeks, cheekbones. Exactly. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a part of a bigger thing where it's like you shouldn't stand people because people yeah. are general, like, maybe like their work, but yeah. at the same time, you can't just, like, like them without any context. Because no one's perfect, and while people are definitely, some people are worse than others, and some crimes are definitely worse than others. I agree. I think that you yeah. can read a book and enjoy it, but that, like, that definitely does not mean that you support the author. I mean, 
on <laughs> recent history. No, but I think like well, I can still yeah. read a book like that. It's just I just the, the, these people they drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I definitely still enjoy it, but I just don't talk about it anymore. Well, like have to talk about it here because we're doing a whole podcast on it. But like, yeah. I don't think I've talked about it since yeah. or like tried to promote it since after I found out about yeah. it. Yeah. So try to check books out from the library, guys. Like, so you're not I bought so many copies. <laughs> Same thing with J.K. Rowling. It's like, you know, I supported yeah. her financially because I got the box set when I was, like, in middle school or something. And so at this point, rereading those books doesn't give her anything more. But I, I don't want to, like, you know, tell my yeah. little sister to read them or something because it's... Or, like, she made the choice for herself not to read them anymore. But, like, like it's... It's a weird space, especially with parasocial relationships as they are now, like... Will you define it for me? Because I don't know what it means. It's like a one-way relationship you make with the social media, uh, with the social media personality, like or somebody who's you feel you have a relationship with because of the persona they put out, it's but so they don't and know it makes you. Sense. Like for example, I feel attacked. Like with every YouTuber, Cindy. like with every YouTuber, yeah. or, um, with actors. That makes definite sense. I think it's interesting because, like, I think it used to be like an, a pretty common college app question or just like a common question in general who's your hero or like people used to have heroes and i feel like that doesn't happen as much anymore because like so many people were like exposed and then like you can't like you can't can't put anyone on you can't put someone in that little box of like you're a hero you just for people who don't know what uh went down can i give a quick well actually it's not that quick because it's pretty complicated but Go. Basically, Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. she wrote this romance or rom com called Eleanor Eleanor and Park. Basically, it's about this girl named Eleanor and this guy named Park, and they fall in love. And on the surface, it's probably really cute, wow. but it's like very glaringly anti Asian and like very racist. So, like for example, Park's name is literally a Korean last name, which is like when uh jk rowling named her only asian character and like one of the only people color cho chang um and the fact that we're comparing rainbow rowell with uh jk rowling is not a good sign so yeah i I feel like yeah it's telling that it really is harry potter and jk rowling all the way down isn't it (laughs) anyway um and it's like very clear that she's trying to like shed light on um like Asian people and Korean people because she thinks like they don't or they aren't represented but she clearly hasn't done any research about Korean people like she she um what's his name Park <laughs> has a lot of internalized racism and he just like hates himself for being Korean but she doesn't talk about it beyond the fact that he hates himself like she just normalizes it and doesn't say that it's bad or anything so it's like it's like there's definitely people who hate, yeah. you know, who have that like that's fine. And hate who they are. Yeah, like I definitely had that too, but you just have to talk about either how he overcame it or how that's bad because if you don't do that, then it's just like normalized and you're saying like it's okay that people right, hate it's themselves. Like promoting it. Yeah. And then he's also <laughs> he also is very good at taekwondo, math, terrible in English and is described as feminine mm. looking and short which is pretty much every single asian stereotype in a nutshell oh he also <laughs> checks every box. single box um also taekwondo like there are a lot of people who do 
like a lot of asian people who do taekwondo but that's probably like the least accurate one like everyone is like oh there's also a lot of white people yeah yeah there are a lot of white people that do martial arts i will say yeah i I used to do martial arts i haven't done it since um the whole covid thing but i would say like well over half of the dojo is white And then also, um, Eleanor, who's, like, his loved interest, fetishizes, like, not just him, but also, you know, like, the whole thing with the Korea boo thing, or what, I don't know, what that thing, uh, like, how people fetishize Korean people because oh, of K-pop, yeah. like, that's li- this entire book, pretty much, yeah. she just calls him exotic every other sentence, um, calls him, quote, stupid Asian kid, talks about his Asian Ooh. genes, <laughs> And she's just like, mm, oh, maybe we don't know. I mean, I feel Rather like that's easily. definitely a, a thing that people think, but it's also like it'd be nice if yeah. it was called out a little bit or been like that. Well, I think the okay other problem is that like, when it was called out, she didn't apologize yeah. or grow from it. She just ignored it, or she was like, whatever. What did she do? That's the thing. Like, that's the only problem I have with her. Like, if she apologized and like took ac- actual steps to grow from this, I would like that would be great. The, the problem is not that she was racist like 10 years ago because like a lot of people can if we canceled everyone for being like, ignorant like when they were i don't know 10 years we ago would we would be nowhere and no one would be able to make mistakes but the thing is like okay so she apparently she's coming out with like a eleanor and park movie <laughs> it's like this is why would you make the movie the mistake you know you fun made. like when you yeah. make a mistake you don't make more money off of the mistake once you know that you made it that makes no I mean, sense. like, unless she fixes it in the movie, which, like, I mean, I, I don't, I I'm mean, not saying I mean, even if any. she changes it in the movie, I think she should address it. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, yes. yeah, she should, she she should address she it, but, like, also, like, she, I'm just point saying, I don't know anything about this person. I don't read, probably not going to watch the movie. I'm just saying, like, technically... I, I don't care. Uh, she could, cha- you know, there's a possibility that she could change it in the movies to be better, and that might, I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's what, like, you know, Lee Bardugo did for, I think, Shadow and Bone, which was her debut novel. Like, she, I think, talked with people, and she tried to make it more diverse by making the character, instead of white, it, she was Asian. Like, she made uh, Alina Starkov, like, half-shoe, I think, is there, whatever it was, and she, like, I think she talked about it specifically as like a, I started out, it wasn't like my best work, I want to do better. And I think that was like, like that's part of the thing. She, like you have the mm-hmm. chance to adapt it and make it better and she took it. Whereas in this case, I don't know much about the situation because I wasn't, the sad truth is that if you're not on yeah. Twitter, you tend not to see this. And even if you are on Twitter, you might not get it, which means canceling doesn't really work. In this case, but uh, like, also canceling just a toxic I mean, thing. I, yeah, mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah, there's some like some well, people shouldn't like yeah. we should take them out of positions of power that they have, but not for just like oh, yeah. some dumb people things. shouldn't have Twitter accounts. A lot of people shouldn't have Twitter accounts. <laughs> have... Oh well, well then. Hmm. I'm, you know what? Well, we are recording hmm. this January sixteenth, twenty twenty-one. You know. Well, the thing with Twitter is that she yeah. posted All the. Right like the movie announcement on twitter and people in the comments the vast majority was were like are you gonna talk about like the racism in the book like can you at least address it and acknowledge it and then they were like scattered here and there like congrats i'm so excited and those had like very minimal likes whereas the ones like talking about the racism were like 
obviously up there. So she she only replied to the ones that were like congrats, and she was like, "Thank you." So the fact that she went through the comments and that is so telling. Purposely oh, yeah. picked out the ones that were like, "Oh, I'm so excited," meant that she also saw the ones that were like, "Can you address the racism?" So she's choosing not to do it. Yeah. I feel like a part of it is that people are told, like, hey, if you're on the internet, you'll get hate. But that also can, like, people can use that as a blanket statement to just not learn. And they're like, yeah, this is just hate. I don't have to listen to it. They're just nitpicking for no reason. When, you know, there's valid critiques of your work. And I'm not saying, like, I don't know if it's necessarily an author's responsibility to, like, listen to every bit of critique. But there's definitely good faith criticism of people trying to teach her. And she's ignoring it, yeah. which sucks. And yeah. Oh, I found a quote that is pretty. Guns and roses. This is Eleanor dis- um, d- describing Park's mom, who is Korean and his dad's white. His mom looked exactly like a doll, tiny and perfect. Eleanor <laughs> imagined no. Park's dad tucking his dainty China person into his flak jacket and sneaking her out of Korea. First of all, she calls her a dainty Chinese person, which is like reinforcing the stereotype that There's Asian so people are small. But also, she's fucking Korean. They're all Chinese. She's Korean. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <clears throat> that was a Thank heck you, of a Susan. TED Talk. Uh, Thank you, Buzz. That really you. does clear it up. Here's a couple of, uh, before we go on to the special segment and close this out, because that was a really, really cool discussion. So there are two hot takes that I saw online. One is from somebody who is neurodivergent saying that Simon is potentially neurodivergent because he hyperfixates and can't really communicate. Like, it, for some reason, there's a mental block there. And it's like, you know, um, the fact that Rainbow Rowell's solution to this neurodivergent character is kind of like, um, just talk to people and yell at people, yell at him until he talks to people is, is, um, certainly a hot take you can take with your characters, I think. That's, that's totally he could, he could also just be traumatized or that could be part of it i mean that's true but like even yeah, then it, yeah. it's still like yeah, a mental health issue that is being ignored in service of like like holding the kid at gunpoint like if you don't talk to someone you're a lazy piece of that's not the yeah. way that works that's, <laughs> that's just not the way that like, works. like i'm sorry this kid has been trained to die since he was 11. i, I don't think talking was real high on that list yeah like he shuts down bec- and like he has a t- like a tactile thing which could be again the trauma could be neurodivergence whatever it is it's definitely a problem and yelling at him to talk is not not it. It's not the move. Why? Well, it's probably because she saw like traumatized people and neurodivergent people, and when they're being lazy. Aerosmith. Because <laughs> unfortunately, that's a lot of what happens when people don't understand this. Especially like if you, the reason why like there's so many people we can point out in like writing before neurodivergency existed as a neurodivergent is because people still were neurodivergent back then, and writers tend to write from lived realities. So, like, um, when writers would write people, write people based off of people they know who are neurodivergent. So, possibly she was writing a neurodivergent character, but she didn't know that she was, and was just assume, no, thinking that they were lazy. You know? Didn't didn't you send me a thing where it's like most main characters seem to like fall under a category of neurodivergence oh, yeah. because they like hyperfixate on tasks or they yeah. um a lot of a lot of shonen anime protagonists 
are very easy have a lot of correspondence with neurodivergent people like i'm not going to get into all of it here but like it's kind of the hyperness the hyper like fixation the needing to move a lot the kind of energist energistic nature of them all sorts of stuff there's ways to look at it like a lot of characters like uh stuff people like naruto and Hinata and um ed edward Elric from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Good show. You should watch it. We, when you look into it and you really think about it, a lot of characters who aren't supposed to be neurodivergent kind of have those characteristics because a lot of people are because there are neurodivergent I people. I mean, anyway, it's even like in Batman. I think I saw that like people headcanon Batman is autistic because he doesn't really understand like how to. He doesn't understand like social cues as like I think there's a bunch of stuff in the comics I don't really know in which he doesn't like respond to social interactions as is expected and he doesn't really know how to show his emotions this like you know in a like steady way and like well a lot of that could be the trauma it's like Yeah, a... I, I I saw a lot of the same thing. I, I saw a lot of the same things too. And then of course all of all almost all of um Batman's rogue gallery can be uh seen as nerd like Harley Quinn definitely and she's one of the yeah. most popular characters I think the Percy Jackson like that those ones do a good job of like that sort of thing like someone on the um Shira fandom wiki pointed out like that both Adora and Annabeth are well actually they said if I would have a penny for all the blonde gray-eyed autistic adh coded girl with sword i know i would have two pennies it's not much but it's weird that it happened twice and that is a quote from doofenshmirtz yeah Pop i mean it. rick Riordan did it explicitly because yeah because he did yeah, because the adhd and it gives them battle powers right because he his son had adhd and he was sad that he didn't see any characters that like were like him and so he's like okay i'll write you an adhd so hero sweet. and that was rick Riordan did it on purpose a lot of people seem to have done <laughs> it by accident which is really interesting yeah. if you think about it but well yeah but also not really because i just explained right why exactly it and it Anyways. also means that when it comes time to treat that as like a you know let's examine it they tend it can be examined wrong because they don't realize they've written a neurodivergent character and it could be read yeah as harmful. also entrapta reminds me of very Are... little bit i know this is really different but how like wyland and six of crows is probably dyslexic but no one knows what dyslexia is in the universe in which they live that includes Ketterdam. And so everyone just thinks that, I don't know, he just can't read. Yeah. And then, and like, he's like, no, th- there's an actual reason. And then he tells Kaz, and Kaz is like, you think I care? <laughs> I think that was honestly quite, a, like, an adorable scene when he's like, he tells Jes- Jesper, the first person I told was Kaz. And then I'm pretty sure the direct quote from Jesper is, of all people. But, like, it actually makes sense because Kaz is like, I don't care about the traditional social values why would you think i care that you can't so long as you can blow things up you're good i mean the thing about six of crows is that like even though wyland probably had some kind of reading disability and like everyone in his family treated him as stupid like they made the point of saying that just because he couldn't like he wasn't able to read you know he still could process information really well and he was still incredibly smart he just couldn't do that one thing and like the dregs made the point of going 
I don't care if you don't adhere to society's rules. None of us do. Can you do the job we need you to do? And he could. And I... God, I love Six of Wait, so much. what were you going to say? Or, um, Zelda? Oh, I was just saying, Entrapta yeah, is also yeah. that. Um... Yeah, there is one other thing on my hot takes before we close this out with, like, a slightly lighter segment, like a happier one. Um, Agatha instantly falls back into a magic <laughs> cult the instant she tries to leave. Yep. Kind Like, while it's funny if you say it that way, it kind of shows how, it, like, you know, the cycle can perpetuate yeah. itself because she... She ends up going for what feels familiar, and what feels mm-hmm. familiar ends up being a cult. Like, and it nearly gets her killed. I just thought that was an interesting point that I saw on Tumblr that I wanted to Can the to title of this somewhere. podcast be, We Don't Remember What Happens, So We Talk About Other Books? <laughs> also, why does my wife keep telling me to pour vinegar on bread? What? Excuse what? me? Red Zeppelin? I'm on Tumblr. <laughs> Look at this. You too. Look at this ad. What the Queen Zelda? The ads for Tumblr are absolutely hilarious. Like, why can't I reblog the ads? I want to. You can't. You physically can't reblog the ads. (laughs) You're not allowed to. They're ads. Tumblr is a hot mess of a social media platform. Ten out of ten. There's a reason. There's a reason why it was because so many like. There's a lot of experimental advertising that goes on on Tumblr because they think no one uses it. That sounds like drugs. Uh, which is what? True. Gateway advertising. Is... <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what Tumblr is. Tumblr's a mess. Um, okay, so those were our hot and spicy takes and discussion building. Now we're gonna do our fun, like our fun segment to end this on a slightly less depressing Wait, note. Wait, is so? What do you say? Carry on is since... gateway fanfic. Mm. Yes, 100%. And, it is and definitely Lunar fanfic. And it, Lunar Chronicles is too. It's it's definitely written in the style of fanfic. Lunar and Chronicles is what we I mean, me they got published, reading. so if you're a fanfic author out there. But I haven't read right. any other fanfic. Speaking anyway, of fanfics. So I have an arch enemies poster. But... Who wants to talk about fandoms and fanfictions, which is what's happening now? Oh, right? Lord. <laughs> That sounds fun. In all honesty, if we're gonna talk about it any time, now's the time. All right. Yeah. I mean, me and me and Antibunny are actively writing a, a Maya. Check it out, my avatar of, of Avatar <laughs> Jesus on Ao3. Stop putting the camera so close to your all face. All right, all right. I, for one, know quite a bit about some fandoms and have 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 done some time on Tumblr and Archive of I've Our Own. I've done some time. One of my favorite hobbies hobbies is to go on archive of our own and look at some of the statistics of like how many fandoms in certain categories there are if we go to the fandoms to see what the top fandoms are we can see for anime and manga we have the number one fandom fandom with the most fan fiction is in it is my hero academia followed by haikyuu naruto attack on titan and italia italia god that's a thing uh, oh god. I mean, I saw somewhere that, like, fandoms only crop up against things that had potential but failed to meet it. Because, like, if you have a satisfying story, you really don't need to add more to it. But if you have an unsatisfying story that you think could have been done better... A.K.A. characters that should have been gay. Yeah. And this yes. is right. why like, Phineas and Ferb is so good. I don't <laughs> understand how those connect, but okay. It doesn't need fanfic. Wait. Oh, 
I would say the do the Doctor Doom from Smurch X Perry of Platypus Shippers would definitely disagree with you. I ignore the existence. <laughs> oh, it of exists. That. Oh, there's it a exists. lot of them. There exists. Uh, when I say the lack of fanfic for Phineas and Ferb, I mean the lack of, like, continuing the story fanfic, not the smut fanfic. Oh, yeah. There's smut fanfic for anything that exists. My yes. take is that, really, the characters are mo- the most important part of fanfiction. Uh, like, you don't see fandoms pop up as much for ca- for stories that have interesting worlds, but bad characters, as much as you do good characters but bland worlds right isn't it interesting that like there's a ton of miraculous ladybug fanfic because like they because they yeah but like like... yeah exactly but like for the majority of phineas and ferb like isabella pines for phineas but it's like not a major part of the plot or anything so there doesn't and they eventually resolve exactly it It gets resolved so we don't need fanfic for it but they've set up like this this dream this love square to go on forever and they've made it a central also how the green day do you get a love square out of two sticks like, 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 it's alter ego. Honestly, the, like, oh my god, is Arch Enemies Miraculous Ladybug fanfic? <laughs> Listen, that was why I read it. I thought it would be done better, and then it wasn't. Right. And I was disappointed. But also, I want to, I want to talk about the people that like ship certain versions of their secret identities, but not others. <laughs> like, the thing is, like, Mary Chat is the only one where it's like Marinette and Cat Noir, and it's like no Adrian and Marinette, Cat Noir and Adrian are the same. Like, person. they're the same. How can you ship one? I'll be entirely honest. The, my, the funniest ship out of all of that is Adrian X Cat Noir, <laughs> being very noted for being the same person. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's basically. Don't you ship Dr. Dubinchmort more with Agent P than with Perry the Platypus? No! <laughs> You kind of do say that. Ship them in any way. They're the same person. Okay. I want a boss. Spicy take. Perry the platypus isn't there to actually stop him from doing evil. He's basically his therapist. therapist. Is there major monogram Doctor Doomschmerz fanfic? I bet there is. Oh yeah. Let me look at. Sure there is. Let me. There totally is. But we need to wrap this up because it's going on a very long time recording and I don't want to cry when I edit this. So our special segment this time is we're going to build our own fantasy road trip. So kicking it off, (laughs) what monsters do you want to encounter? I want vampires. I want sexy vampire boyfriends. We want woodland pixies. I want to get kidnapped by the fae. I want to float around like men. Does yeah. anybody know what Phineas and Ferb episode that is from? I don't want you to know. It's the one where they make the really big bubble that they float around the city Oh, in. that was funny. We're discussing right now the fact that there's 601 Heinz Doofensmirch X Perry the Platypus fanfic. Oh my on god! <laughs> the longest of which being a grand total of 77,535 words. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say pages. It's also a multi-fandom fit, which includes such uh, amazing ships as SpongeBob SquarePants, X Squizbird Tentacles. It also includes King Julian the thir- the 13th X Skipper from Penguins of Madagascar. No! Uh, You're Zuko done X Toph, We are finishing this. Roddy, we are finishing this. Robbie Rotten X Sporticus. No, Robbie, no Sporticus. Robbie if Rotten we're on a ra- X. If we're on a road trip, I want a flying motorcycle. I just want one. 
If we take a road trip, I need a flying motorcycle. So if we're going on a magical fan urban fantasy road <clears throat> trip, what monsters do you want to encounter? What monsters do you want to be if you want to change whatever? Like, think of it as, like, build your own road trip. I get a flying um, motorcycle. I want to be one of the mermaids from H2O. Oh, my God. That show was so That bad. would be so fun. Like, I can have legs, but, like, only when I'm not touching water. I kind of want to have, like, magic that doesn't work. <laughs> like, it works every now and then, and it's so terribly like glitchy. I think that'd so be like so- like Simon Snow? Yes. I think it'd be so funny. Magic that relies on Wi-Fi. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wi-Fi-enabled magic. Like, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm useless. I I can't. I don't have cell service here. Back to the first question. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. All I want in life is just for like a vampire with cheekbones. You want sentient cheekbones? With the bus wants sentient cheekbones. No. (laughs) Yes, build your own monster, and it's just cheekbones and ass. It's just cheekbones. Really sharp, and I go to pet them. I gotta lick them, but then it's too sharp, and I'm like, oh! And then I go back for more. <laughs> My dream. Bus wants the lower half of Benedict Cumberbatch's face, but like not not today, Benedict Cumberbatch, but like tw- like fifteen. Imagine if we had cheekbones on our ass. Butt cheekbone. Butt cheekbone monster. Wait, what's that? With a dragon. Lavender. I want a dragon and a griffin and a hot air balloon together. Dragon sounds scary. I'd go for like. I want wings. I want a friendly Are there cat based monsters? I love Can we her. just have cat based monsters? There's definitely mm. probably some. Oh, like oh. a sphinx or something. I mean, I'd say. So you- that would kill us. If you want to turn into a sphinx and like shift into one, but then I would have to, I would be obliged to make a furry okay. joke, and I don't think no, you want that. No. no. <laughs> All right. I think that'll that'll about do for the monsters we'd like to encounter or live. Um, quill question: What destination would we want to go for? Where do we want to go? Because um, I feel like driving to Bermuda would be a really fun task because Bermuda. it's obviously wait, impossible. Wait, wait, let's drive to England. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know that pass thing that goes from North America to Russia that goes right next to like, the Koreas? I think that'd be really funny if only that like we would probably get killed <laughs> by the, you know, by everything. <laughs> by everything. Oh yes, that would be hilarious. I mean, the thing with like road trips is that it, because you're not getting the grand scheme of things and you're getting like interpersonal, like, you know, one-on-ones, for the most part, you get to see the better parts of the country. You get to see the night, like you get to see generally nice people. It's generally not bad. Like it's, I don't know, road trips are cool. I'm a road trip nerd, leave me alone. We know, you drove anyway, to Florida. That Did was fun. I nearly rammed us into an 18-wheel truck. Oh, oh yeah, dude, 20 that hours. That um, terrible. Yeah, never, let's not go on Listen, a road trip where, where... rolling into a Burger King at like 10 p.m., absolutely exhausted because you've been stuck in one position the entire day and scarfing down a terrible burger before going to sleep, for, like conked out for like eight hours, is just its own little like thing. And I really enjoyed it. And I would totally do driver. it again. Just, just but she chooses to go at dangerous speed. I can drive. Listen, it was Kentucky and there was no one around. No one was going to stop me from going 100 miles per hour with okay. back in black play. Well, if I were in the car, I would freak out. Actually, speaking of, and this is just like a really quick question for the entire group before we wrap it up. If we're going on a road trip together and it's a magical fantasy road trip, what songs or albums or artists are on the Green playlist? Day. All of it. Queen. Rhythmics. 
Y'all already Sweet know he's oh, of course. Are made of this. The entire Phineas and Ferb soundtrack. We have to put <laughs> oh Carry On Wayward Son on there Wait, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Can we put, can we put Fun on too because they have a Carry On song? Wait, is it called Tonight or Carry On? The all the oh, Carry On. Yeah. I think we need to listen to Scoreboard. We have to listen to the Foo Fighters and Rise Against. I think we have to put some Barnes Courtney on there, if only because I like Barnes Courtney. The entire Phineas and Ferb soundtrack. No. Yes, I will not go on this road trip unless that is on there. I mean, Bowling for Soup has the song High School Never Ends that I really find fun. Oh, Bowling for Soup is, is so too. good. I love Bowling for Soup. I want Ballroom Blitz on there. Ballroom, Ballroom Blitz slaps. slaps. But that's... Oh, and we need to have some... We need to have the occasional podcast episode. I volunteer yes, and that's we why do. we drink. I volunteer at Welcome to Night Vale. I think that's a good vibe. Welcome to that's Night Vale. That's why we drink is so good. It's a paranormal slash true crime. We have Alice Merton. I recommend a two and a half hour video essay about why Ruby is disappointing and here's why. We're listening to it if I'm driving. <laughs> oh god, I, you're I, not I driving no this. Here. Literally the only people who can drive here are me and Juice Lover. It's not like I hit a car on my way to my driving test, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's lore about Juice Lover. I never thought I'd know what the heck is wrong with you. It was only a light bump and uh, yeah, we paid for it. No. Oh my god. I passed my test though. <laughs> Barely. How? I think that's as far as we're gonna get there. So do you want to play us off? This has been Reader's Guide to the Galaxy. So long, and thanks for all the books. Reader's Guide to the Galaxy is a Yuhai Book Club production. This episode is written, produced, and edited by Paws and performed by Bus, Juice Lover, Zelda, Garfield, Paws, and Special Agent Lavender. The opening theme was composed by Alfredo and Paws, and our logo was designed by a resident podcast hater. Thank you for listening, and have a lovely day.